Yeah. What's up, goons? Goblets. Welcome back. Rip City Goons. Episode 8. I'm your host, your favorite PDX goon. DJ Nick at Night, aka Kenosis. AKA your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. <laughs> hey. Anyway, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Got some very cool things coming up in the mix. It's very cool things that have happened. It's been a little bit of time for me because, uh, well, I just had my third baby, so uh, that happened. You know, life gets crazy, life gets hectic, so it takes a little bit of time to uh, adjust and get back. But. The good news is we've upgraded the studio. I've been fortunate enough to uh, pull in the Mac Mini. So we got uh, that running and we got some software now. We got the Pro Tools instead of uh, using Ableton, which if you're a sound guy, you're into music, you're into sound like I am. Um, you know, Pro Tools is a great mixer. I would say it's the industry standard for mixing. Uh, Ableton is uh, a little more fun creatively with the drum racks and stuff like that. So, you know, making music, I kind of prefer Ableton, but mixing and mastering, I've been able to uh, get my hands on some Pro Tools. So that's cool. Shout out to everybody. You know, if they want to give me some free stuff, that'd be great. I'm <laughs> just playing. Anyway, how you guys been doing? Me personally, been doing great. Um, a lot of things going on uh, in the NBA world, in the basketball world, and uh, just stuff that some major mix-ups and some uh, major speculations. Uh, the Olympics went down, as you and I know. It went a little bit crazy. It was kind of uh, <sighs> started off sub substandard, right? But at the same time, you know, it was starting, and uh, the NBA Finals is wrapping up. Shout out to Giannis and Milwaukee for what they were able to do with the small market because that reminds me of uh, Portland just in a Midwestern-y kind of way. Uh, not the big major draw, but we're able to hoist the trophy at the end of the day. And uh, Giannis, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's the one player that makes LeBron James seem like a normal-sized human being. Uh, just the athleticism, it just reminds me of 6th grade versus 8th grade basketball or whatever. JV versus varsity uh, but nobody ever really makes LeBron look like that except for, you know, the Greek freak, Giannis. But the Lakers were the least of uh, the Bucks' worries, really. Um, they had all the doubters, all the hate, all the uh, ridicule. I mean, this is, this is one team that they were talking about firing the coach. As he's winning games, they just wanted to get rid of him so bad. It's like the guy had to win a championship to keep his job, keep that position. And honestly, you know, put it in all the, all the haters' face, all the doubters, all the disbelievers, you know, everybody, including myself, because it was fun, right? Sons and four, sons and four. I was just saying that every series, uh, even though it's completely unrealistic and it really wasn't going to happen. Uh, I mean, people were saying, Devin Booker's the next... Young Kobe, even though he's, you know, in his mid-20s, they're saying, oh, no, he's turning into that mom. He's got the Mamba mentality. mentality. Uh, I don't know if I saw that. I saw a lot of imitation and a lot of moves and a lot of things that maybe could have been considered, uh, you know, great-esque in the future. Uh, but right now, it's 
you know, didn't get the uh, Kobe by 24 was just on grown man status. I think he was checking everybody in the NBA. I think when Kobe was 24, he was beefing with Shaq for who the one was going to be in this dynasty. And uh, so that's, you know, when people compare people to Kobe or Jordan, it's like, come on, man. We're talking about the two best, two best moves, best mentality, and most importantly, most competitive nature. Uh, lived the game. Lived it. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Devin Booker, though, shout out to Devin Booker for all the old school whips and all that shit that he was bringing in. That was cool, man. That dude had a different car. I think he had, like, the 96 Black SS Impala, you know, twin pipes. I think another time he drove a, 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 an Impala, like a 64, 63 up in there. So shout out to Devin Booker. You know, I'm excited to watch you play next year. Um, so don't take anything away from the Suns, man. That, that was fun basketball to watch. Um, internationally, you know, while this is all going down, you know, Dame heads to the big show, you know, to become an Olympian himself. Uh, so our city got to represent on the highest stage in the world for basketball. And I was nervous when it started. Like we, you know, like beat Spain, but lost to Nigeria. And I mean, there was just some weird stuff. And uh, I think the travel and the adjustment, uh, we're going for Greg Popovich and the Spurs and this kind of real strict system based thing that you can't learn in a, a pickup game at the LA fitness or even in Las Vegas at the training, you know, it took a little while. Once they gelled, they gelled, and Dame now has the gold. He's now a gold medal Olympian. A uh, lot of stuff going on with Dame. This entire crazy trade rumors and him not being happy with the roster and him wanting to win now and Portland not being able to provide the help to help him win while you're watching teams like Los Angeles rebuild their entire roster and someone speculate you know to their prevail you know because they, they went older they went veteran they went win now veteran um but i watched the blazers moves and i don't know i, I don't know what to think I, I didn't see anything that shook the boat too much you know it's it, we're gonna have the same guys and nurk was unhappy let's not forget that he was like basically lost had a bad attitude and was like screw it i don't even care if i play again for rip city you know like but and then there was rumors that dame's got this you know in his contract like i keep so so and so so and so so and so or i go and that's in my contract and um i wonder if that's to his detriment at the same if that's true i ever heard that from some friends of friends that kind of worked in or around dame that you know cj and nurk i think were two guys that he had in this list but you know this is speculation folks i don't know dame i'm a big fan but i don't know him but this is just stuff i was hearing uh then i heard all this hate cj get rid of cj cj he's got to go hate hate you know mass amounts of hate all across the board um it, it was bitter you know and dame said it i said it when it happened oh denver we can beat denver maybe right and you know Nurkic and Joker you know the Joker they're two guys that go toe-to-toe -to -toe. they know each other they played on the same team because remember where Nurkic came from we got we do a lot of trades with Colorado and Denver and uh so he's kind of like he was playing under like like you would keep Joker and get rid of Nurk you know and I think and and that's the team we got beat by and Dame said it they weren't even healthy we got beat by a Denver team that wasn't even 100% healthy I mean they were playing half of the twos I mean Kyler Murray was out 
dudes were out and you know it was just we you know we fought but you know what do you do i mean denver came out the next series and obviously got beat pretty hands down but you know you look at what else is going on in the west and you look at you know having to get past lebron you know so some of these guys had a harder way up because denver didn't advance after that they got beat the next round you know so uh as time went on though we do know that dame was like hey i'm staying it's all bullshit speculation i i never said it if i said it you would know i would tell you straight up if i was leaving or not you know i'm staying but dot 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 for now and that's what i said too i was like you know he's on supermax he's got a toyota dealership you know he's got the keys to the city and the best thing frankly going on in portland uh, is damian lillard aside from damian lillard uh you know not much going on here you know not a whole lot not a whole lot to be too happy about at least in athletics i mean the timbers are playing again you know shout out to the timbers that's cool and everything but you know we're talking we're talking basketball and uh without dame on the roster if, i don't know if that would they try to push cj i don't know it's just weird it just would be weird um but we'll see what happens you know there was rumors of ben simmons you know ben simmons getting all this hate in philly uh and that we were going to acquire him somehow and get rid of cj for him and there's all these arguments on, on the internet about it and i'm sitting back thinking you know ben simmons is going to have something to prove next year because he took so much hate from the city of philadelphia basically they said they don't want him in the nba they want him in the league we want him gone we don't even want him in the league he's that bad he's got that bad of a jumper and then what do I see next? Oh, Portland trying to trade for Ben Simmons. We should get rid of a 30, walking 30 piece CJ McCollum. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, I, I mean, Ben Simmons like dating one of the uh, Kendall Jenner or something, you know, like he's like, that dude's mind is somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? He, I don't know if he's still, you know, but I mean, he, he's, he's like Hollywood before he made it. You can't be Hollywood before you. You can't go full Kanye until you you know till you do something you know uh and i'm telling you that shit in philadelphia i watched that go down yeah i'm surprised they didn't pull out the machete and just get to chopping but the real story is ben simmons nobody wanted him right but then i'm seeing all these rumors uh trades and oh cj why we're we getting why would we even think about getting rid of a guy who's put his whole heart and soul into this team and i get it dame is dame is dame you know but whole heart and soul into this get into this team into the city you, you don't walk away i criticize cj all year long but that man he gives everything he's got and he's a 30 piece period i watch him go out there reminds me of those and one mixtapes man when he starts moving the ball and he starts getting you know left and right crossing up step backs i mean it's shit's beautiful it's a beautiful game i don't i like that's the basketball i like to watch i'm an iverson fan right i like to watch that the little guy on the handles i like Kyrie. That's the shit that I like to watch. Uh, you know, hats off to all the big men and Anthony Davis. That's impressive, too, shooting those 18-foot fadeaways. But I like the small ball, man. I like the small ball. Um, so, luckily, so far, nothing. I think we made a couple of small moves. But with the coach is the biggest move. RIP, you know, Mr. Stotts. It's been a good couple of years. I never really had an issue with you as a coach. I thought he fit the Portland narrative pretty good, you know, kind of goofy, you know, got the goofy ties, but you know, he ain't he ain't out bob nighting people, screaming, throwing chairs, you know. 
definitely, definitely gave uh, uh, the players creative freedom to kind of do what they needed to do. I don't think I don't I, I don't think it was Mr. Stotts. I don't think it was Mr. Stotts. And and I I really firmly believe the Blazers this year uh, with with Chauncey Bullops. All right, uh, Mr. Big Shot. Right. Uh, we're gonna get better defensively because we're gonna we're gonna drill defense. We're just gonna drill defense this year because really the only thing that we're missing, you know, um, you know, we got rid of a couple of uh, uh, smaller pieces, you know, guys that just were hurt, you know, Zach Collins uh, not picking his contract back up, making a little bit of room. So I mean, in that regard, uh, we've made a couple of moves, but realistically. Uh, the roster as a whole, you cannot rely uh, on that Golden State three-guard basketball. You just can't because I think we get ahead of ourselves uh, and we don't take into consideration that that Golden State basketball, that watching Clay, Steph, and Draymond uh, just go out there and drain buckets like you had a team. It's like I remember back, you know, PlayStation 1, you know, NBA Live 99, you know, you get all these guys that can shoot 99s, you know, today you play 2K, right, and that you get your guys all up to 99, and, and that's how you do it, it reminded me of that, but watching it in real life, because it was so insane, the shootout, these guys, I mean, I've never seen guys hit no-look turnaround three-point, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller on steroids, with, with way more finesse, I mean, it was, it was a one-of-a-kind thing, so, Everybody follows suit, just like everybody else, you know, when something's successful and try to go small, play small ball, but you can't duplicate or replicate something that was that great. Uh, it's just, it's just not repeatable. That's, that's solely based on an individual, uh, propriety talent, man. Steph just had the hand and clay. We're just shooting those two guys, the Splash Brothers, just going off. And that's what's going to be cool next year. We're going to get the Splash Brothers back. Because let's not forget that Steph almost beat LeBron on his own. LeBron beat him, but, you know, just going to throw that in there. That's going to be a fun one to watch. As far as Dame leaving, I think we're okay. Rip City, I think he's going to hang out for, eh, who knows? It's tough to say. But at least until the end of the Supermax is over. When the Supermax is over, then, yeah, then it might get uh, taken down. It might get changed. He might get moved. He might want out. Uh, right, you know, right now when you have the keys to the city, you got the keys to the city. So it's all good. We're good. You know, Supermax is Supermax, and he's got the deal. And O'Shea knows, too. He knows if he loses Dame, that might be his job, man. Because, you know, RIP Paul Allen, he's not with us anymore. But a lot of that management still is. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they don't turn it around. You know, you, you get rid of the coach. Can't blame it on the coach anymore. And after the coach, we go to the next level. And we start talking GM. We start talking about, you know, what else is going on? What Phoenix do, right? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Who's making moves and, you know, who wants to uh, come up to the Northwest? Take a trip, you know? You ever seen the houses in Lake Oswego? It's the kind of thing that starts happening. Uh, so we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. Uh, but, uh, God, uh, another first-round exit would just be freaking devastating. I don't know if I can watch that, you know. I don't know if I could, you know, handle that mentally. 
So now moving in, you know, we talked about some basketball, covered the Olympics, we covered, uh, you know, Dame, Rip City, a couple shifts, a couple moves, all that kind of thing. But there's some pretty big stuff going on out in the world right now. Uh, the whole Afghanistan thing was freaking nuts, man. Uh, I've had people that I know personally pass away in Afghanistan in that war, uh, RIP Chief Border. You know what I mean? I, uh, a lot of my friends, I was in Kuwait, but a lot of my friends spent time uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, uh, you know, it's just weird. I just remember being a kid, a high school kid, in the Gresham High School locker room and hearing that the uh, towers went down. And then to get from there to my time in the service, my time overseas, uh, and the sacrifices that me and my friends made, me and my brothers made, really. Uh, it's just, what a, what a fucking weird ending to that, right? Like, you talk about an election happens, uh, one president made a deal, the next president kind of alters the deal a little bit, but, but they both have the same goal in mind to get us out. And then they get us out, but people are flying off of airplanes, freaking Marines and a, a Navy corpsmen, like, you know, getting killed, like, you know, freaking nuts, dude. And then to be recognizing the Taliban as a legitimate, you know, partner uh, globally, I, I don't know. Like, just even thinking about that, you know, something like the Taliban uh, making negotiations, um, it's so weird It's to me. But it's been so long, you know, it's guat uh, global war on terrorism uh, and these campaigns you know uh, Iraqi freedom OIF Operation Enduring Freedom o OEF um, you know I saw a lot of talk on the internet was it for nothing uh, no it was for something it was for something and I'll tell you what the something was it doesn't matter I served under Bush and I served under Obama and I always tell people you know you got the far right and the far left you want to know what, what changed for me uh, you know, politics when I was out there. Or what? What? Nothing. <laughs> Not a fucking thing. There, there was no difference. You know, there was consistent. Was was the homeboys and homegirls right next to me, brothers and sisters in arms. Didn't matter who we were fighting. We were just fucking fighting. That's didn't matter for who. Didn't get caught up in the politics. Military don't get caught up in that shit, and that's why people love them. We don't do that. We're not bodyguards for politicians. We're, you know, we go out and we help people in the worst fucking places imaginable. And I got friends still doing it. They're, you know, pushing the end of their 20 years, which is also crazy. You know, shout out Witson. Uh, shout out Casa Santa. You know, these guys are, you know, Fernandez. All my boys, like, we still got guys out there that I know personally that are, you know, wrapping their careers up, you know. It shows you how freaking old I am. Jeez. Um, but... Yeah, really sad, man. That was a sad day for me when the uh, Marines and uh, the Navy and, and one Army uh, all, all went down. I think it was 13 total uh, fatalities, you know. That's, that's you know, seeing the footage of the airplanes and the caskets. and just It was just like one last punch in the fucking nuts. And the Taliban's like, we got security, but we didn't see that coming. Uh, that was ISIS-K subset group. Basically... Whatever, dude. Call it whatever you want. It was one last fucking low blow. Uh, and then they met with uh, China on top of that, which is even fucking weirder. I was like, damn, China got in there fast. Yet all of our commerce comes from China. 
I hate politics. I really do. I hate it. And uh, but but the Afghanistan was to me it wasn't even political because you, you would just point that uh, spear wherever you want and uh, me and my friends would have joined. We would have been right there. Whoever it is, whenever it is, uh, for the greater good, right? Justice League. So yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, still got still got COVID going on and off and on and off. Uh, Weird stuff going on politically with that. Weird stuff going on scientifically with that. Weird stuff going on. I'll, t- I'll tell you my personal experience with it. Uh, just recently. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? I went and got my vaccine shot, right? Um, the first one. Uh, and the reason I did choose to get it was uh, I waited for the uh, FDA to approve uh, the vaccination. I waited. Uh, I wasn't going to do it until at least their stamp was on it because they handle all of our food. They handle all of our uh, drugs, which is what this is. And uh, the, the guy had come out, the FDA lead guy had said, you know, we won't approve anything until we feel safe that it's okay for our families to take. Right? Like we won't, if we won't use it ourselves, we'll push it on you. So, you know, they weren't just like, oh, sure, slide the paperwork over here blah 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 and signed it no they they approved one and they approved pfizer uh so i went and got the shot i was nervous uh and i sat down and uh waited and waited at the walgreens finally you know she takes me back pops me a shot in my arm little tiny needle didn't even feel it didn't even bleed literally just hit it and i was like huh and everyone tells me oh your arm's gonna be sore it's gonna be sore and i'm like how it doesn't even hurt at all like what do you mean and she then she tells me you need to sit down for 15 minutes and uh make sure nothing happens to you and i was like uh, all right like feel fine sat down watch my you know i played on my phone watched the clock 15 minutes went by got up grabbed my keys took off right got home tired as a motherfucker. i was tired and i started to feel my arm started to ache on the shoulder where i'd where i'd get jabbed at and uh but then the really scary thing was that, like, you ever had those? I drink a lot of coffee. I drink. You could probably tell by the way I talk, man. I talk fast. I'm on top of shit. Uh, it felt like one of those days where you're just tired of shit. Kids kept you up all night, whatever, and you just decided that you were gonna go for 40 ounces of whatever fucking energy drink was at the, you know, with on an empty stomach, and your heart just kind of like, yeah, fuck, what'd you do that for? That's what it felt like. It kind of had a tight chest a little bit, and real tired. So. Me, you know, tattoos, the whole nine, whatever, combat veteran, da 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 da, whatever. I was like, damn, this is some serious shit. It's no joke. I got my next shot coming up in a week, uh, and that's the one. Here's what's fucked up: the next two days, three days, my fucking arm hurt bad. Right? That shot, like, like someone fucking took, you know, like your brother or older cousin held you down and gave you, you know dead leg or dead arm which like socked the shit out of you like the next day it was like someone hit it with a bat um so i i get a lot i'm a little nervous for the next one because that's the one everyone's like yeah you're gonna feel like real shit when you take that or whatever um but you know with that shit i just try to keep politics aside i don't give a fuck what senators and fucking people are arguing about like if the fda said it was cool for me to take it i guess i'll take the risk uh to do it but here's the big thing I want to address that I don't like. I don't like it. I think that 
regardless of whether or not you choose personally to get the vaccination because it's a personal choice to get it. I don't like the mandates and I don't like the forced the forced vaccination portion of it. People, you know, if they want to take some time to figure it out, if you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, if you're a young child, yeah, let's give it some time, right? Because nobody's putting a gun. I don't like the whole someone's going to put a gun to your head and uh, make you do something with your body. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's abortion, right? I don't care if it's vaccinations. I don't think that any uh, form of government should be telling us what to do in that regard with our kids and, and all that kind of shit you know it's just seems uh, unnecessary and i just don't like it i don't i don't like it you know and you know the abortion shit if we're speaking on real heavy shit yeah there's been talks and you know texas getting rid of abortions and i saw a meme on the internet that was like you know comparing my cousin actually put it up uh comparing radical christians Right to radical Islamic, you know, and they have both had one had a Bible, one had a Quran. They both had a gun or RPG or whatever they had going on. But I thought it, I thought that was kind of funny because it is like Sharia law or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there is, you know, because the government, those people tell people what to do with their bodies because they're not free. They're under a totalitarian government right where it doesn't matter what you want you're not really free you're our property basically and you'll you know act accordingly or else um i got a good chuckle out of it you know she put a pretty serious long thing and i you know i read through it but you know i take i take what everybody says on the internet with a grain of salt because it's on the internet and we're all uh like invincible on the internet right a lot of us aren't even our own identities you know we got you know you got kenosis in the lab right you got characters on the internet it ain't even fucking it's like cartoon right um but it'll be interesting to see you know where stuff actually ends up going because you're seeing a lot of uh extreme stuff but i i will say this when i did see the last soldier depart afghanistan i was happy because not the way it happened or the fact that they got all this you know shit that they don't know how to use that we left behind or anything just because it's fucking done sometime it had to be done we had to fucking leave because those people have been fighting since the beginning of fucking time dude they're never gonna stop fighting whoever's there they're gonna fight they'll fight each other They'll fight different groups, villages will fight for control. You know, it's weird. It's like tribal law. There's no Western democracy that's gonna be planted in a place like that. It's just not gonna not gonna work. But yeah, they should have let people get out though. They should have let people get out. And uh no government or extreme group, whether it's Democrat, liberal, Taliban, communist China, they shouldn't be telling you what to do uh with your body. And all it should really be is, is to make sure shit's uh, safe, not to get votes. There shouldn't be any, you know, because I'm going to be super pissed if this election comes up, uh, the next one, and, and then all of a sudden the COVID shit all gets lifted like right before the election. I'm going to be fucking mad because that means that it was political, right? So personally for me, you know, I took the shot. There's a lot of people that have legitimate concerns and, you know, 
it's scary shit. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people don't want to admit that, but it's scary to go get that mother, especially if you ain't been sick and you're like, oh, fuck, like, I'm going to go make myself sick or get some of this shit. Like, I don't, you know, but, you know, I will also say personal experience, you know, I know a, a lot of people that have gotten it and they're fine. Old people, young people, whatever, you know, I, I personally haven't met anybody with a really nasty, awful reaction or something bad i've read a bunch of shit you know that's why i was hesitant in the beginning you know i read a bunch of shit but but i had to call my own bluff you know i said when when some when the fda approves one that's the one i'll go get and then you know when they approved it i went out and got that motherfucker so anyway we all good on that level but on another level we talk about rap beefs okay not biggie and Pac, not that level of beef you know, not Diddy in the locks, not that level of beef. But Kanye West drops an album called Donda, goes on a theatrical display, arena to arena, including uh, Chicago and a couple other big old venues to promote Donda. It's a clean album, much anticipated clean album uh, dedicated to his mother. And it was while we had like Marilyn Manson. Right, who's been under a lot of attack lately for uh, people just claiming that he's kind of a piece of shit uh, to women and uh, basically a abusive, a domestic violence guy. To that, I would say, have you ever seen that fucking guy? I mean, really, have you just have you ever just looked at that freaking? I mean, you, you dated that guy. I could have told you that fucking guy was crazy right from the rip. I mean, I remember '96 when the the beautiful people, you know, comes out. And I'm watching MTV, and I'm, like, fucking 10 years old, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this? I knew at 10, I was like, this is a guy, you're gonna have to cut an aisle over in the grocery store, right? Because he, he might try to snatch you up or something. Like, weirdo. Creepo. Um, but whatever, artist expression, that was this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm intelligent, I'm an artist, blah, 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 but, but a weirdo, nonetheless. Uh, and then we had the baby. Uh, who's been under some recent attacks and scrutiny over just some statements he has said about uh, AIDS patients and HIV uh, patients. So, some pretty heavy-duty political uh, controversy between the uh, baby and Marilyn Manson. And, you know, uh, I like the baby in, in doses. I, I would put him in the top five or top ten category as far as uh, rap. But as far as club rap goes, uh, I think you can make a catchy lick. Uh... But so we then they're standing on this church and they're in the United Center and then you got everybody out there and they're like Donda. Everyone's got like black masks on and bulletproof vests and there's like black SUVs. And I mean, it was it was a cool looking display for the show. So uh, that's in one corner. On the other corner, we got Drake and Drake's been waiting to drop this project nobody really knew much about it then all of a sudden you know we see like the the album cover with the pregnant chick emojis and then we find out it's certified lover boy and then of course all the superstar features and the you know the drake show uh but no big display other than maybe just a regular album drop not like kanye went around right um and then we find out that Drake re Drake releases a leaked diss track from Kanye and Andre 3000. Andre 3000 had no idea this was a diss track. He thought it was a, a tr uh, track for his mom, an album for his mom. So he agreed. He thought it'd be a cool story because he lost his mom in 2013, I think. And so he's like, yeah, so he's got this like verse on there, you know, to, 
kind of symbolizing both of them losing their moms and stuff. And that's what he thought it was. Now, Kanye tells him it's it's a clean album. We're going to cut the record. We're not going to use it. So Andre just figures like, whatever. I think that's cool. You know, like it's a clean album. Drake gets a hold of it somehow and drops a diss track on himself from Kanye. It was It's a weird move. I don't know who maybe... I think he wanted that track to come out so he could do something and Kanye didn't put it out. That's what I really feel like. So he's like, damn, like I need to put this out. Well, then everybody likes the song. Everyone thinks the song is fire and like wants to, you know, get figure out where the song's at. It's not even on the album, you know, and Andre's like, I would have been on both albums, you know. I, I wanted to work with both you guys, but I had no idea like I was getting in the middle of this kind of drama, right? Because... Andre 3K has always been a mellow dude. Mellow Atlanta, like, almost kind of Jimi Hendrix. He played Jimi Hendrix in that movie. You know, kind of trippy hippie, you know, grew up in apartments. Not, like, banging or not tough guy, but just art, right? Just, you know, I mean, Eric Badu, Andre 3K. I mean, all that outcast stuff, so good, dude. Uh, I mean, I grew up listening to that. Still still listen to it. AT Aliens, um, you know, Southern Playlistic. Cadillac funky music. I mean, some of those records are just like way in outer space compared to what else was going on in the time, which was just like death row, kind of West Coast, East Coasty, but real hard, hardcore, kind of no bullshit rap. It wasn't fun party music. It was like fight music. And then you had this like trippy hippie ATL. Uh, vibe going on. I mean, I remember when they got Outcast got booed at the uh, Source Awards. Like they didn't, they were not accepted by the the hip hop community at all. Uh, and now look at them. They're on the you know Mount Rushmore, especially you know in the in the South, Atlanta and Georgia. You know, there's nothing to be played with. But so I listened to both albums. You know, I listened to Donda, and uh, it was it was what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was very very preachy that's what my boy cody said the other uh rip city goon you know he said it's uh felt very preachy it's a kind of a gospel album really you know he's kind of kind of taking this turn i think that way because it's so opposite of what everything that's out right now that's all like triple rated r triple rated x and you know it's almost not normal to make clean music now especially in rap right or hip-hop so yeah, I think that's what he's kind of going for, go against the grain, because he's always made a career out of doing that and creating a buzz for himself to where he stays relevant. Uh, the album was okay. A lot of people thought it was better than it was. I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Kanye fan. I listen to everyone, but, you know, there's something to be said for uh, being artistic. There's another thing to be said for uh, something that I can listen to through the whole album, and I, I don't feel like I'm at a Andy Warhol show in Manhattan looking at art pieces i mean it was just it's so abstract sometimes that I, I just lose the the soul in the music and i kind of need that to to uh to tap in that's why i like mac miller so much because i i, I kind of almost just want to feel the soul of this song uh and i don't want to be shocked or artied out too hard uh so other side of the ring again we're gonna go back i uh, listen to certified lover boy CB, uh, clb you know spent some time with that record Found a lot, you know, is what I thought it was. It's kind of corporate, big corporate, uh, big ice, Richard Millie on the wrist, uh, but good nonetheless. You could tell that 
both of these guys in this head-to-head -head pulled out their best tricks you know on the on certified lover boy you know it went i could tell like there's almost some houston Atlanta, vegas -y drums and segues in the beats and just kind of like kind of it's almost like the ghost of christmas past right drake like walking through all of his styles and dance music i mean he he covers everything that he does really well and that's make really good pop rap albums and uh make it commercial to where you can play it at a bar mitzvah do karaoke and it's completely fine and everybody knows what it is and it's just uh very good kanye also you could tell he went back on some of the stuff he wasn't getting too crazy on and really went back to kind of using some of that old soul 70s hair on uh samples and you know the pitched up of uh, what you know you could see it i don't think he went quite as far back uh as drake did because I, I swear i heard houston land of vegas drums and stuff and i was like damn he went back to 2012 so i mean that's pretty cool but um overall so I know some people might not agree with me, uh, and that's okay, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Drake with the W in this, and not because of the numbers, because of course, Drake's, he's got the money, the corporate money, and so does Kanye, so everyone, you know, can remember that, okay, he's got the same, you know, same powerhouse of team, um, but uh, as far as album front to back, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with Drake. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of what, what happened to 50 cent when, when Kanye, uh, things had changed and 50 couldn't believe it. So he challenged him and said, sure, I'll be the retired, whoever loses retires battle and Kanye won globally. So, but this was Kanye in his prime, which is to me is like, you know, college dropout in that era, uh, that, you know, so 50 it kind of derailed 50 because it's like everyone was like yeah i mean you can you can beat them up and you're tougher and you got a, a hardcore story but people more around the world are related to kanye and that's what kind of put kanye college dropout kanye in the in the hearts and minds of the world basically and it kind of reminds i feel like drake kind of did this to him in the same way like he's like look like the kanye you've turned into is total. i can compete with that and uh kind of just played to his strengths you know he just stayed in that Steph Curry shooting those deep threes just kept nailing them and just kind of wearing wearing Kanye out in the battle now the real question is the Kendrick Lamar album Kendrick said smoking on your top five so he's talking about <laughs> I, I guess Biggie Pock Drake and Kanye I don't know who's he talking about top five currently uh but kendrick's basically made an announcement that he's coming for the top spot it's coming uh and i think it's brilliant that he came in late after let them squabble and he's just gonna come in with the dynamite sticks because uh i mean today i was driving in my car and you know listening to good kid mad city and i was just like damn i miss like i miss this style of kendrick like i hope i hope we can get that back because man money trees you know give me a break that's so good but you know as far as uh albums go and that big the big main event major universal music group uh heavyweight battle you could say pop mainstream heavyweight battle that's what happened there 
But we had some other stuff that uh, came through, slipped through the cracks, and uh, we got to talk about it. DMX's final album went through that one. And uh, my review on it was Swiss Beats. I love Swiss Beats. Um, And DMX, for that matter. DMX, uh, 100%. But he should have... I feel like they could have just spent a little more time on it. Some of this stuff sounded a little... uh, Underproduced. Some of it sounds super produced. I mean, he's got a song on there with Bono from U2, if you believe that or not. Sounds amazing. Sounds like uh, Empire State of Mind, right? Production with uh, Jay-Z and Rihanna back in the day and and Kanye. Uh, It sounded like that. And then you got other songs on there that kind of sound like you had a burned CD from like 2004 of Swiss Beats and the Rough Riders and you dropped it in the dirt a few times, but you were still rocking that record in the Discman. But it sounded kind of mucky. That's what it sounded like. It just, it didn't sound as concise. Sometimes you got to reach out to help. Sometimes it's, you know, don't be the producer, mixer, master. Like you make the beat, maybe pass it to the engineer and let him kind of dial it in. You know, it's a team effort. And for something as big as DMX's final album, uh, I just felt like we, we could have spent a little more time on it. But that's okay because it's still a really good album. Great album. Um, and, uh. I think it, I think it, the heart was there. The heart, like DMX albums, each one's got that heart and it, it, you could feel it. You could feel it through the album. And he had some good messages and just, you know, it was really good. You know, one of, one of his lines, he says, you know, I didn't make it to 50 for nothing. You know what I mean? Like he basically lived one of the hardest lives ever, you know, and it kind of made a proper exit album. So, I mean, yeah. And the funeral was nuts, you know, by the way, but the album, you know, it was uh, it was really good. It was nothing to sleep on for sure. It was really good, and you know, I I, I look forward to his children in the future. He's got a lot of children to pass that legacy on to, and I look forward to seeing which ones of his kids step into the arena and present that DMX heart back out to the world because it's going to happen. They're all young right now for the most part, but it's coming. It's going to happen, and, I mean, his daughter was doing some crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. So versus Dipset, the locks. That just happened a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I just had a baby, so I've been off, like, I found three months because right before I had the baby, I took a time out, you know what I mean? Had to leave the studio for a little bit, so it's been a little while. So I'm like, I got I to gotta address this because it was, it was killing me. And I got into some debates and stuff with, my, uh, with some friends and colleagues about it. And, it, you know, it makes sense. Locks, right? Hardcore, rough, rugged, and raw. You know, Rough Riders, P. Diddy and the family. Great era, right? Great, great. I mean, come on, man. That stuff was fire. Uh, versus uh, Dipset. Cameron, Jim Jones, and these guys, you know, they all have their own kind of swag. Like that Harlem back then, I mean, it was the pink jackets and the Tims and, you know, the oh boy, and the songs that you'd be, you know, listening to uh, with your girlfriend in the car that were coming on the radio that were just so good. They were like the songs that you both could listen to, right? Like you can only listen to so much J-Lo and Ja Rule, right? But, you know, we can agree on Dipset. This stuff was pretty good. And then the solo stuff after that, I really liked, you know, we Ballin' by Jim Jones and freaking Cameron's uh, cameos on uh, College Dropout and uh, all the Kanye stuff that he did. I mean, it, really 
good head to head but it was kind of funny you know cameron ends up bringing out a beach chair and style peas gets in his face and cameron kicks him and uh, this big fiasco and jewel santana's a freaking mess and they're bullying him and taking his bandana and then they're saying that y'all are cheering for the guys that'll rob you in the alley <laughs> you know and I, that shit i thought was funny man because it is that's that's kind of what the locks is and the harlem was more the the pretty boy swag but you know could still chat could still chop bars Personally, I think that Cameron alone could stand on his own merit against the locks aside from Jadakiss, right? Jadakiss is a different uh, being and he belongs in the top five lyrically because that so many guys, I've never heard him be outdone on a song. I, it doesn't matter who. Zana, I'm including freaking uh, DMX. I'm including, uh, you know, Dragon. I'm including Diddy. I'm, in, I'm including Biggie because when when Jada gets the microphone, he takes control. He's a competitor. He's very ferocious on the mic, and it's impossible to ignore that. And every verse, there's there's gonna be a couple of zingers in there you would have never thought about in a million years, and it's good. So. When he went off, it was kind of unfair because I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, of course you can, out, you know, as far as Mount Rushmore of, you know, guys who've torn the MC in half throughout their careers, he's one of them. He's like in the top five, like I said. Um, but as far as like what I was rolling around in, like high school in a hoopty Honda, you know, and, uh, you know, those saw like those bring those dipset songs bring back memories for me, you know, and that's why I mean, I kind of treasure those too. So in my opinion, there was no clear winner. I know Cameron was upset and, and, and Jadakiss dropped just a, a crazy freaking freestyle over a Biggie Smalls beat. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I can't really decisively. I know the Internet said dipset loss is humiliating, but I. I just gotta, I gotta look at the catalog. I put them in two different categories, you know, and, uh, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I just can't, I can't, but the versus thing is pretty cool, man. I'm glad that they're doing that. I think the next one is Ja Rule versus Fat Joe, which they actually had some songs together back in the day that were really good. Um, but I would never have saw them as competitors and that's why the versus thing is like cool because Gucci man and young Jeezy were competitors and early on Jeezy was more influential as time passed you know the torch kind of moved around and Gucci came up and some of these you know the guys became bosses in that era and Gucci I would say held the torch I mean he got an album with Drake right out of the right out of the hat and um you know, gained a lot of popularity in a, in a generation, in another generation where Jeezy kind of stepped back and didn't really pursue the music as hard as he did back in like 2005. Um, you know, in the T-Pain era and DJ Khaled and the Miami remixes and the, you know, that era. Um, he, he didn't do that in 2010 and 12, you know what I mean, as much. You know, he, he dropped a couple of really good albums, don't get it twisted. Um, but as far as just like influence, Gucci became a major influence to a lot of the rap that we're hearing today. And he gets a lot of credit for like today, you know, he was one of the first face tats. So he was a, a real game changer in that regard. Locally though, things are looking up here in the Northwest and rip city in the outskirts and beyond, uh, we got Comic-Con coming up. And, uh, of course, strict vaccine rules 
Uh, but one of the cool people that I thought uh, was showing up was Christina Ritchie. So $70, you can get an autograph and a picture with uh, Christina Ritchie. And uh, I always thought that would be cool to meet her because, you know, I'm an 80s baby. So I grew up in the 90s. So I watched a lot of these Casper and the Adams family. And she was just such an iconic character to my childhood and then to watch her longevity over just through all these holiday movies we're in the fall we're coming up on halloween we're coming up on the the, the good stuff the exciting stuff to do out here because fall's been nice up here in the northwest last year it was not rain i was down in salem trick-or-treating with the kids and you know it's freaking warm i was like walking around i was wearing a you know my oregon jersey my hoodie and I'm walking around. I'm just fine. So, I mean, it's completely crazy uh, to even think that that's the situation that, that we're in now. So, I'm planning for a nice Halloween. I could be wrong, but I'm planning for a nice Halloween. Um, so, Comic-Con, PDX, Rip City. Uh, that's coming up real, real soon. And, not, and I've got my first concert back since covid and this is uh this is for my emo metal pop punk uh rock audience out there i got tickets to see census fail bayside and hawthorne heights incredible i can't believe it i'm so excited uh it's it's gonna be i believe it's gonna be at the crystal ballroom don't quote me on that it's i believe it is though uh but i bought my tickets uh, my boy bought his tickets, so October is supposed to be the month that happens. So, you know, wish me luck. I'll tell you, I haven't been to his show. I'm, you know, vaccinated or not, it's still kind of sketchy to go to events. You always, that's always going to be in the back of your mind, and it's, it stuff's not going to be the same. It will probably never be the same after this pandemic, as far as, you know, transportation, um, uh, shows, concerts uh any kind of event indoor dining like stuff will probably always be a little bit different uh given what has happened in the current situation but i am excited that things are coming back up basketball believe it or not it's right around the corner football starting up right now right and uh i mean it, it it's gonna be exciting i was hoping that i was gonna get to i've never been to vegas so i was hoping that i was gonna get a trip to go to vegas you know and uh, check that out. Check the Raiders out, the new stadium, you know. I got to do that. Sooner than later, it would be good. But, yeah. Either way it goes, though, the rain is coming. The storm is here. You know, we're, we're around the corner. We might get a nice couple, last couple of months, but it's starting to get dark. And uh, that means for me, personally, this is where, you know, my life will transition to... Uh, being indoors more provided that an ice storm doesn't happen and take my power out like it did last year for like four freaking days or something it's insane i couldn't believe it um but that means more indoor time that means more movies and that means more video games which is going to lead me into this next big uh issue that maybe not only me but a lot of you have probably uh, been experiencing as well it's been driving me up a wall and that is the chip shortage and the fact that there's only like five ps5s and like three xboxes for a thousand dollars uh <laughs> you know third party vendor because all the stores don't have them ever they're never in you can't just go to the store 
uh, and it's it's getting crazy. I mean, I I thought usually I always thought that I was smart to get ahead of the game. If they did drop a new console, you never buy it right away. You let them work the bugs out for a couple of months, and then you go to the store and you get one during the holidays because that's when you know you got Black Friday, you got uh, all the sales deals, discounts for Christmas, and then you can scoop one up for you know a reasonable price like three. Now you're not even going to get your hands on one for less than seven. And if, if someone's offering to sell you one for less than seven, I'd be really hesitant to purchase that. And it'd definitely not be in a gift card format uh, to a guy named Submit over the phone either off Facebook Marketplace. Okay. Scammers are out there. Be aware of that. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm still going to get the PS5. I had a, I had a hard time because I've been I'm a Call of Duty guy. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. And a lot of the games that I like are based on these, you know, online communities where you hang out or whatever. Whether that's in first-person shooter world or you're in 2K and you're playing basketball and, you know, you, you link up with a couple buddies and run some games. Um, that's kind of the way that games have been uh, uh, changing. And, you know, there's some big ones coming out. Call of Duty Vanguard is right around the corner. We got Battlefield 2024 right around the corner. And, you know, people are excited stoked i mean i i even think rockstar is looking at putting out another grand theft auto game you know in the next year or two with this new console change but i've been torn between you know the frames per second in a computer setup but i hate i like playing on the couch man i have a beer i like to relax and play games late at night on the couch and the kids are asleep and stuff or if i can catch a lunchtime break or something like that if i got the day off or i'm at home um and the pc i just don't feel like i can do that because i'm gonna get some weird controller i'm gonna have an awesome setup but i'm gonna have some weird kind of feeling controller that's like a playstation knockoff and uh, you know is the tv really that compatible even if you got all those frames per second and all that stuff going on you know is your tv even gonna catch up so I think I finally decided that I'm just going to stick with PlayStation because it's what I like best. Uh, everybody, I, I'm not a Xbox knocker. I like, I've had Xbox before. I played a lot of Halo on Xbox. I, I you know, I like their worst consoles in the Xbox. And I think the Xbox is great. But, you know, I'm a PlayStation guy and I always have been. So I think, I almost just think it's worth it to get the PlayStation for 7 Because if, if it's $200 extra, if you can get it for 700 is that worth putting a bunch of money into your PS4 to wait for another year to get one when all these good games are coming out and they're about to drop right around the corner? I kind of feel like I'd rather just pay the 200 bucks, get mine, help somebody out, you know what I mean, with a couple hundred around the holidays or whatever, and move it on in and out. But anyways, I'll keep you guys updated on how Vanguard goes in Battlefield 2024, and I should be back more than just once a month at this point. Uh, uh, life's starting to get a little bit more normal for me now But I appreciate each and every one of you Thank you for hanging out with Nick and Knight A.K.A. Kenosis on the mic Peace, love, Rip City Goons <laughs>